Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. You're about to enter into a new world of knowledge, curiosities, and high strangeness. This is a podcast of Straight Up Strange Productions. Tonight, listen if you dare as a we talk about some uh, spooky dares from Jackson, Minnesota and Collinsville, Illinois. All that and more on Small Town Secret. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 6.07 of season 6. And uh, tonight, I think, is going to be uh, just a very fun, laid-back episode. Uh, We're going to talk about a couple of uh, dares, if you will. Maybe maybe one is more of a ritual, Uh, but we're going to get into a lot of kind of 
urban legend, a lot of, you know, more modern folklore type of things. And so I think everyone kind of knows what I'm saying. I'm talking about like the, uh, the old, uh, every, every county has a place, every state has a place where you can go and park your car on the train tracks and, uh, the children, ghost children of a long lost, you know, a long ago bus crash will push your car over the, the railroad tracks and you'll find tiny handprints on the back of your car the next day. Uh, stuff like that. And uh, in order to find a couple of, of good ones, uh, a couple of different ones, not just the same old kind of crybaby bridge stuff that you hear about all the time, I used uh, Chad Lewis's Supernatural Dares of the Midwest book. And if that name sounds familiar, that is because that is the same author who I used at the very beginning of this season, the book that I found that I forgot that I bought from the Mothman Festival. Uh, he also wrote that book. I ordered this book, I don't know, just very shortly after doing that first episode. And I kind of just got it uh, just to read because I thought it would be like a fun little, you know, kind of dive into that that urban legend type of world. And it and very much it is. But the more I kind of looked through it, the more I kind of explored it, the more I felt like there's a couple in here that could make an episode. So that, of course, is going to be the uh, primary source for the show tonight. I went through, I found a couple of nice, meaty stories that had enough to kind of get together and make an episode out of. But I have one little housekeeping note before we get into the show proper, and I want to, I need to address uh, Facebook really quickly. No one has probably really noticed anything, but I have. So I have been uh, hacked on Facebook and locked out of my uh, personal account, which means I'm locked out of the Small Town Secrets account. Because on Facebook, you can't have like a business account, quote unquote, without having a personal account. Uh, I have been trying for like, Two weeks to find a way to get back in it. None of the codes they've sent me have worked. I've sent them my ID. It just gets kicked back to me. Uh, it's Facebook. So there's no one to talk to. I even attempted to mess to DM them on Twitter and uh, have gotten no response. So as a last resort, I have decided that I just have to kind of uh, start again. And so there is a new... Small Town Secrets Facebook page that I just started. I just got it up and running today. Uh, it doesn't even have 25 likes yet, so I can't even put, like, an at name on it. But once I get up to 25 likes, I will be giving an at name, and I will let everyone know what that is when it happens. But for right now, if Facebook is the way that you uh, get to the show, social media, to, you know, find out updates and all of that, uh, go to stscast.com and click on the Facebook link at the bottom of the page, and that will take you to the new page. And like I said, once I get 25 people, I can put an ad on there, and it'll be much easier to find from here on out. So if you want to continue receiving Facebook posts and updates for the show, for the time being, the best way to get back into it, like I said, is to go to STScast and click on the link, the Facebook link at the bottom, of the page. It's in the footer. It'll be at the bottom of any page that you're on on the website. So that's where I'm at on that right now. Um, 
hopefully we'll get back to 25 likes very, very soon, and I can just put a nice fat at on it there, and uh, we can get Facebook back up and running and get it back to normal pretty soon. So that is it. Uh, that's the housekeeping. That's the intro. Let's move on with our first uh, spooky dare out of Jackson, Minnesota. Hello, all you curious creatures out there. I'm Amber Ray. And I'm Andrew McKay. And we are the hosts of Into the Portal. If you like myths, legends, history with a paranormal twist, join us every week as we explore lesser-known mysteries of our world and beyond. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, and all other major podcast platforms, and at intotheportal.com, your gateway to the bizarre. The only question is, do you dare appear into the portal? Before we get into tonight's topics, I want to take a minute and let you know that there is so much more small town secrets to enjoy. Check out the Patreon. There are one, two, and three dollar tiers of support with stuff like a shout out on the main show, exclusive buttons and stickers, MP3s to the music I create, also an ad slash promo free version of the main show as well as STS Backroads, the Patreon-only podcast that comes out in the off weeks, which means you'll get content every week, all in your own RSS feed. There is all of this and more. To sign up, go to patreon.com slash stscast or stscast.com and click on the support tab. And now, on with tonight's episode. Jackson, Minnesota is the county seat of, you guessed it, Jackson County. The town boasts a population of just over 3,000 and is the hometown of Megadeth bassist David Elfson. But just a few miles south of there is Loon Lake. Loon Lake has it all. Fishing, beaches, hiking, camping. It is also home to Loon Lake Cemetery, a burial place with uh, more than a few stories to share. Loon Lake Cemetery was established in 1876. However, some of the early interments were actually relocated from burials on their own private property, on their own homesteads, before being later relocated to the cemetery. There are around 100 known burial plots in this cemetery, but it's thought that at least 10% or more have been lost to time. This has made Loon Lake Cemetery a hotbed of paranormal activity, one of the top paranormal places to visit in the whole state of Minnesota. Ghost hunters and legend trippers have come from all around to try and capture whatever evidence they can find. Many come in search of a supposed young witch named Mary Jane Terwilliger. The story goes, as many of these quote-unquote witch stories do, uh, it goes like this. A young woman was caught practicing witchcraft, and so, by the minds of most of the townspeople, she had to go. A mob of townspeople found Mary Jane one night 
and proceeded to cut off her head. And uh, like I said, I'm using the term witch in quotation marks. I'm using it very usefully. You know, you know how these old witch stories, these old witch legends uh, seem, always kind of seem to go, right? We, we know what was going on. So Mary Jane was beheaded, they say. And Mary Jane wouldn't be the last either. It's also been told that years later, another witch, quote unquote, uh, Calendra Allen also met the same fate. And then there are tales of yet another young woman buried in the cemetery who was also beheaded as a witch. However, this person appears to be one of the many whose name is lost and forgotten in history. This has given Loon Lake Cemetery the nickname, The Witch's Cemetery. Over the years, rumors and stories began to circulate of the whole cemetery being cursed by the witches that now haunted it. Out of these stories comes the dare. It is said that if you disrespect Mary Jane's grave in any way, especially by jumping over it, you will incur bad luck until the day that you die. This is a dare that many seem to have been all too keen to try out, as many years of a vandalism and disrespect has uh, resulted in Mary Jane's headstone being relocated to the Jackson County Historical Society, where it can be viewed today. And so that has kind of killed two birds with one stone. Uh, people can no longer kind of vandalize or damage the headstone, and it has now made it far harder to uh, locate a said gravesite of said supposed witch. It's a story you've probably all heard before. Similar, I'm sure, but different. But is it true? There is indeed a woman buried in Loon Lake Cemetery named Mary Jane Twilliger. We know because her headstone still exists. But was she a witch? And was she killed by beheading? The answer is simply no to both of those questions. Mary Jane was the daughter of John and Phoebe Twilliger, who, at the age of 17, succumbed to diphtheria. She was originally buried in Spirit Lake, Iowa, but was relocated to Loon Lake when the family moved to the area. Many historians and locals have chalked the whole story up to a man named James Peters, Peters moved to the area from Iowa after he tried and failed to get a mill started there. He blamed his troubles and the mill failure on witches, and when he moved to Jackson, he made up the story, even bragging about his involvement with that story to the local newspaper. Still, there are many who have had paranormal experiences in Loon Lake Cemetery. EVPs and other unknown sounds have been captured as well as strange lights have been seen. There are some anecdotal stories as well, and uh, if you do a search on the internet, you might find a few pop up here and there. There's a couple in the book. Uh, like I said, they're very anecdotal. No names are even given. There is one about a brother and sister uh, who visit the cemetery. The brother brings a friend along, and of course, straight out of a movie, the brother's friend is the comic relief, and he does the whole jumping over the, the tombstones and, you know, making fun of the curse and all of that. And then later on his way home, 
He's in a terrible car accident that affects him for the rest of his life. Uh, there is also, if you look on Google Maps, there is a campground, like the campgrounds for this lake. It's kind of a park. I guess it is a park, you know, like a little Loon Lake Park, if you will. They have camping, and the campgrounds are right beside the cemetery. The cemetery are kind of back in the woods a little bit. You gotta, you know, you gotta know where to go to get to them. But they are right by the campgrounds. And so you get these people who say they have gone camping, and they have heard voices. They have seen things in the cemetery. So you don't even need to go to the cemetery to maybe experience it. You just need to plan a little camping trip to Loon Lake and you might get uh, some haunting results without even trying. In the book, there is a story about a man who goes, he's trying to get out of the city for the weekend, had a crappy week, wants to just camp and just relax it all the way under the stars, goes camping, gets in his tent, and is just awoken uh, time after time all through the night by voices in the cemetery. And, you know, you'll find stories like that about the witch and about the hauntings and all that uh, all over the place if you if you look for them or you know visit the place yourself and uh see what you can find like i said uh it is a paranormal hotspot uh for the state of minnesota so a lot of people have visited a lot of people go there for just such an occasion one thing i wanted to mention i kind of forgot and i couldn't figure out a great way to like insert it into all the other stuff was i mentioned that the bass player from megadeth is from that town Megadeth wrote a song uh, titled Mary Jane, which is about Mary Jane and uh, the Loon Lake Cemetery. It is off of their uh, So Far So Good So What album. But with all that being said, I don't think that there are any uh, quote-unquote witches out in Loon Lake Cemetery, but something sure seems to linger. 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Collinsville, Illinois sits between two counties, Madison and St. Clair. It's the self-proclaimed horseradish capital of the world. But not everyone who visits Collinsville is there for the horseradish or to see the Brooks Catsup Bottle Water Tower. No, they are there to find hell itself. I would say that this is more of a ritual than a dare, because this ritual states that if you pass through the seven gates, a portal to hell will open up before you. There are two slightly different versions of this ritual. One states that you must simply pass through all seven gates in order without going through each one more than once. Other version says that you must time your journey so you pass through all the gates, but you must enter the last gate at the stroke of midnight. And uh, before I go on too much further, I just want to let everyone know the gates are all old railroad trussles, old railroad bridges. That is what they are. I'm going to be referring to them, as I say uh, bridge by accident, as gates from here on out. But I just want to let everyone know what the gates actually are. The gates themselves are scattered all around the area. Uh, they start at Collinsville, and they kind of just go out uh, easterly in an easterly direction out into the countryside. And now we're going to go through all seven gates. I'm going to try to try to describe and tell you where they're at. Uh, I have linked a couple of really good websites of people that have gone there that have that give you like, hey, this one's here, this one's there, and uh, even one that has like a nice little Google map you know, route of all seven of them, which I'm going to throw in the show notes as well. So let's, let's start with a gate number one. Gate one is located on Arnotti Lane, just off of Lebanon Road, which starts out as East Church Street in town. And then when it gets out of town, it changes to Lebanon Road. And there's nothing really creepy or spooky about this gate. It is simply just the first railroad trestle that you come across. Gate 2 can be found just half a mile down from the first. It is located on Lockman Road. The second gate has a few terrible stories uh, to share. It's said to be haunted by multiple ghosts, one being that of a young African-American boy who was hunted down by KKK members, they say. And now he walks up and down the gate to remind people of the area's horrible past. Another story around Gate 2 is that of a lover's triangle. Two friends 
who argued over a girl hung themselves from the bridge, one over a broken heart and the other over drowning remorse of his now dead friend. The story goes that you can see the bodies hanging from the gate at night. Uh, another half mile down the road is gate three. Gate three is actually only 400 feet from gate number four. So they call these gates the twin gates. Rumors, of course, of Satan worshippers are abound between three and four. This is, I think, where it starts to get a little more uh, out in the woodsy. You know, you're still in town, but if you look at pictures of them, like, a, you know, we're in a wooded area. They're getting a little overgrown. It's graffiti. It's junk all over the place. The exact type of place that you would expect there to be stories of a satanic uh, goings-on like we always hear in all of these urban legends. And uh, this one, no different. But Gate 3 does have a phantom car. Uh, the sound, really, of a phantom car that uh, you can hear it coming at you but this car never appears to come around the bend or come, you know, from under the bridge. You never see it. Gate four is the last of the close gates, they, they like to say. Uh, after this one, they are a little bit farther apart from each other. It's no more of this, like, half a mile there, 400 feet there thing after gate four. As you follow Lockman Road out into the country, it will turn back into Lebanon Road. Keep driving past Heck Road, which is an aptly named road, and uh, Pence Acres, and make a left on South Liberty. And here, you will find gate number five. This gate is known for uh, just being dangerous. It's on a narrow road, where you oftentimes have to wait for other cars coming from the other way. It's just one of those old railroad trestles where it's, it's probably not really two lanes, and if you see the guy coming, He's a little further than you. Well, then you just got to wait. And uh, so we can see that one just being very dangerous. I think there's a lot of uh, car accidents and stuff associated with it. So not really a whole lot of anything paranormal of Gate 5. Uh, just not the best road to be on at the time. The best section of road to be on at the time. Liberty Road will eventually merge into West Mill Creek Road. And about half a mile or so after that merger you will come to Gate 6. Gate 6 is often confused with nearby Acid Bridge, where, as the story goes, some kids tripping on LSD flip their car over this bridge and on into the creek below. So uh, Acid Bridge and Gate 6 are two different things. Now once again, 5 and 6 don't really have anything going on for them other than this kind of confusion. I also did a link in the show notes a small little segment on Acid Bridge and the story and some pictures of it as well if you guys want to take a look. The last gate, of course, is Gate 7. Keep heading on West Mill until it becomes East Mill Road. This gate is far out into the country, surrounded mostly by fields and pasture. If you haven't been spooked off by uh, phantom cars, hanging ghosts, and the sounds of hellhounds, that are said to be in the woods, then once you pass the final gate, a portal to hell is said to open. While there doesn't seem to be any confirmed reports or evidence of anyone 
walking into said portal, perhaps because they don't live to tell the tale, uh, some who have completed the ritual have claimed to feel a sudden heat come on, or have even seen what they describe as a portal, but then they chicken out and they don't enter it. Is it all just urban legend, or maybe more appropriate, many legends all tied together under the umbrella of the uh, seven gates to hell? Or is it something like I've mentioned many times before, have enough people poured enough mental and psychic energy into these stories and into these locations that after a while, things begin to happen. And, uh, you know, I talk about that all of the time. It's kind of the whole everything's a tulpa kind of idea that I think if enough people start looking at something and start experiencing something, then the more things start to happen. Because um, you don't just, like I said, it's not just the seven gates of hell thing. You know, you've got ghosts at this one, and you've got a phantom car at that one. And, you know, you've got, even though, like, the whole Satan worshiper thing is probably bunk, there are, in those woods, that has been known that I, over the years, I think that there have been a few missing persons cases around that area. There is a house back there that is supposedly haunted and it was occupied by, uh, by, you know, cultists, if you will, or whatever, you know, there is, and there is actually a house out in the woods. There's a couple of them, apparently. So there is stuff around more than just these, uh, train trestles, more than these gates. And, uh, I think the only way to know once again, just like the other one is to go to Collinsville and, uh, check it out for yourself. I might try to do this if I get the chance, uh, I Google mapped it and it's only like five, five and a half hours away. That could be done on a weekend pretty easily. Like I go down to Kentucky and look at weird stuff or Virginia all the time. And it's about that same time frame to go hiking or to go visit a couple locations here and there. So going to, going down to Collinsville would be completely doable. Uh, maybe actually very soon I might be able to pull that off. So there you go. A couple of uh, dares, supernatural uh, spoopy dares to go check out for yourself. I really, like I said, I think the one really more is like a ritual. Like it is very much involved. It's like, you must do this in this order. Blah, 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 blah. And apparently a lot of people that do it don't complete it. Uh, I would assume that you are driving the whole time. Like you could walk this, but one, you're on a narrow country road a lot of the time. And, uh, it just seems dangerous to try to walk under these trestles, especially some of the, some of the more later ones uh, without people being able to see you coming from the other way. So I assume people drive this. So to me, it seems kind of weird because they're always like, oh, we get to like the fourth gate and then we stop. Because no one ever wants to keep driving, I guess, to the other three gates. But it can be done. You're just, I don't think it should be that hard. I don't know. Maybe there's something I'm missing and maybe one of these days I will find out. And I think that's why I will leave these stories for you guys to look into and maybe go and check out. If you get a chance, there's a link in the show notes. Grab this book, Supernatural Dares of the Midwest. Um, I've told you about two of them. If you're on Patreon or if you plan on jumping on Patreon, I'm going to tell you about two more of them. But there are like 40 uh, stories in this book. It is chock full of 
supernatural dares and places to check out. Some more involved than others, some simpler, but it's, it is just a great treasure trove of these sort of uh, urban legend type of things to go out and check out for yourself. And uh, so no, I highly suggest it. It's a fun read. It's got a very fun cover on it. And you know, you can order it, order it from Chad's website and you will get a signed copy and postcards and all sorts of stuff. So links in the show notes, if you really want to get into more supernatural dares, maybe find one closer to where you are that I didn't talk about. Most of the stuff is in like the mid Midwest. So Minnesota, Wisconsin, there's some stuff in Michigan, Illinois. There's a lot of stuff. I think maybe a couple in Iowa, you know, so most of them are in that area, but it's a great book. Check it out if you get a chance. And uh, with that, I am going to take us into intermission, play some music, and when we come back, we're going to do the local headlines, of course. Okay, this first story is uh, actually very, very short, but I have seen it making the rounds, especially on Twitter over the last week or so. I've seen it pop up on some people's feeds. So I found a little article about it just to bring it to everyone's attention. Uh, this is from penlive.com. This is written by Steve Maroney, and it uh, reads, Police break up exorcism at a Pennsylvania Home Depot. Police in Lackawanna County broke up an exorcism in the lumber aisle of a home improvement store Monday. Details are scarce 
on just what was going on inside the Home Depot on Commerce Drive in Dixon City Monday afternoon. But police were called around 3.26 p.m. to escort several people out of the store for, quote, bad behavior, unquote, WBRE, uh, WYO is reporting. According to reports, the exorcism was held for the trees that had been turned into lumber. The police blotter item posted on the Dixon City uh, Police Facebook page gave few clues as to what happened. Simply saying, 3.26 p.m. Commerce Boulevard at Home Depot for disorderly people having an exorcism in the lumber aisle for dead trees. They were escorted out of the building. Close to 200 comments on the post begged for more details. Uh, there is no indication that this had anything to do with the price of lumber. According to reports, no charges have been filed at this time. And really, I wish, I hope someone that listens to this show, I really wish someone lives here and might be able to give us some, uh, some sweet, sweet details on what was going on in the Home Depot that day. I'd really like to know more about uh, this tree exorcism that took place. And then uh, we're going to go over to New York here and have a, just read a good old Bigfoot, Bigfoot sighting news story. This one is from uh, NNY360.com by Haley Addison. The headline reads, is a Bigfoot roaming the woods of St. Lawrence County? Messina. In 2020, New York has reported 113 Bigfoot sightings, according to Microsoft News. For some North Country residents, Bigfoots are believed to be residing in their backyards. Messina resident Michael Gumond was driving home on County Road 37 at about 11.30 p.m. on June 20th when he spotted what he believes to be a Sasquatch. Something bipedal ran across the road within 50 feet of my car. This thing was extremely fast, Gumond said. I was going 60. It crossed the road from right to left in less than a second, and it was not a deer. I've seen plenty of deer. This thing was brown or gray, shaggy, and had arms and legs that moved in a circular motion. Gumon posted on Facebook about his sighting that same night, causing a slew of stories from other people within the area having the same experiences. I lived there in 2011, and I started walking my dog outside at night at around 8.30, Eric Luzon said. The woods at the back of my house went on for miles and miles. I was out there a couple of nights and I kept hearing a loud screaming noise. It sounded like nothing I have ever heard before in my life. It sounds like a mix between an elephant and a bear. It goes right through you. It's deafening. Luzon lived in his Louisville home from 2011 to 2015, and as he noted, before he lived at home, he was not a Bigfoot believer. The summer of 2013 was when it started getting really bad, Luzon said. Every night, I would have company over, and every time we were outside, we would hear this thing screaming. One day, I came home from work at 8 a.m., and my neighbors were all outside. While I was at work, one of them ran through my yard and destroyed my birdhouse. There was a big footprints through my whole yard, and the hair stuck in my fence. After the reoccurring incidents, Luzon contacted Dean Gleason, director of the Seaway Valley Bigfoot Research, to do a week-long investigation. The DC came with him, and they all went back into the woods around 3 a.m., Luzon said. They were doing uh, tree knocks, and 
this thing was doing tree knocks back, and one of them threw a rock into the brush, and a minute later, something threw a rock back at them and let out a huge roar. Gleason began Seaway Valley Bigfoot research for people to report sightings and experiences they have had. I've been doing Bigfoot research for uh, quite a number of years, Gleason said. I had six sightings in the area, and I used to have a Sasquatch sticker on my Jeep, and I had 40 to 50 feet people come up to me throughout the community and tell me their stories. A lot of people think Bigfoot research is a big joke. People laugh at me. Some of my own family doesn't even believe me. After 10 years of research, Gleason believes the animals are harmless unless provoked. I don't want any of them to get hurt or people hurt trying to find them and mess with them, Gleason said. I really feel that they don't bother people unless they're provoked. I've only had one get aggressive with me. I've been in the middle of woods with a lot of them and they've always left me alone. The United States has a lot of habitat for them, Gleason added. They're a worldwide phenomenon and every country has a belief in an animal like this. There's a lot of credible evidence and as DNA technology advances, I think a lot of people are going to be surprised. And I am kind of inclined to agree with Gleason there. Uh, I've linked this in the show notes. There's a picture of him on the page with a Bigfoot cast and all of that. But I've always said that, like, if Bigfoot, and I might have mentioned this on the show before, if Bigfoot is a, like, a flesh and blood animal, think of the millions, probably, of square miles of forest in this continent in the U.S. and in Canada and stuff. And let's say there's like a hundred Bigfoot, you know, and that's it. Needles in a haystack, really. What are the odds that anyone will ever find one or see one? I think they're exceptionally rare. And if they are flesh and blood creatures, I think there's enough of them out there to breed and survive, but not so much that they are easily found in all of this wooded area around this continent. That's just kind of my two cents on that. And this last one, uh, if you're looking for uh, a small town secret, why don't you buy your own haunted village? And this is from uh, CNBC.com, written by Vicky McKeever. And this headline reads, The ruins of a haunted Scottish village are on sale for nearly $173,000. You can barely buy a house for $173,000. The remains of a village in Scotland, which is supposedly haunted, has gone up for sale for offers over £125,000, which translates into $172,859. The ruins of the old village of Lawyers sits on the shore of Loch Tay in Scotland's Central Highlands and stretch across over three acres of land. This is according to the Goldcrest Land and Forestry Group which is managing the sale listed on Friday. The ruins include the House of Lawyers, which was home to the Lady of the Lawyers in the late 1600s, who was its last occupant. She was known for her various prophecies, such as referring to fire coaches crossing the Drumacher Pass, which is said to be her predicting the coming of the railway. One of the Lady of the Lawyers' most eerie prophecies was that of a ship driven by smoke which will sink in Loch Tay with great loss of life. There is no record of such a disaster, but it suggests that she foresaw steamships before they were first under construction. Perhaps unsurprisingly, the site is said to be haunted to this day by a female, presumably the lady, Goldcrest said in the property brochure. 
A former mill and kiln are also among the ruins of the old village. A census from 1841 suggested that 17 people lived at the village at the time, according to Goldcrest. By 1891, there were just seven, all of whom lived in the Pier Master's house that was abandoned by 1926. Certain rights to fish in Loch Tay are included in the sale, as well as permission to launch a boat. For keen hikers, there are seven Munros nearby, which is the name given in Scotland to mountains higher than 3,000 feet. This includes Ben Lawyers, which is the 10th highest Munro in Scotland, but the highest in the Central Highlands. So there you go. I've linked this in the show notes. Uh, if you Google around, you can find that brochure in a PDF and, and check it out if you're uh, in the market for uh, an entire abandoned haunted village in Scotland. Now's your chance. And that has been this episode's local headline. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. And to finish up tonight's episode, I have a few Your Small Town Secrets to share from Reddit. Uh, this first one is by username Tabosi. It's a short and sweet one, but I really enjoy it. It's about an, uh, an abandoned asylum and uh, another kind of ghostly experience uh, close to it. There is an abandoned asylum near where I live, formerly known as the Sunbury Lunatic Asylum. It has a history of treating the patients extremely abusively. People in my town used to break in at night and witness paranormal activity, and eventually a ghost tour was opened up there. The tours were shut down a while ago, and I recently went past there. All the doors have been boarded up, and uh, there are now security guards. The place is under constant CCTV surveillance, and there is around a seven-foot-tall gate fencing off the entire facility. Why are they so obsessed with keeping it under wraps. A while ago, I was on, I think, a highway near Gibson, I'm sorry, Gisborne in Victoria. I am Australian. And I don't remember exactly where it was when I saw it, but there was a man whose luggage had fallen off his vehicle, which was a white ute. And a ute is sort of a El Camino type of vehicle, kind of like a half car, half truck sort of deal. I thought nothing of it and I continued on after he said to move along as he seemed to have everything under control at that point. 
The next week, I was on the same road. The same thing happened. Man with a white ute luggage on the ground signaled to do the same thing. I moved along, noticing how odd the situation was. I was more aware of my surroundings, and that's when I saw a destroyed, rusted, and crushed wreckage of the same white ute. Is this, this a haunting or just a coincidence? And the, that second part with uh, the guy in the luggage is what I really, really like. The fact that they drove past twice over a period of time and saw the exact same situation happen and then see these, the crushed wreckage of this car on the side of the road. That's what I really love, Doug, about this story. That's really grabbed me and that's why I wanted to share it. And the next one is from uh, user Educational Antelope 7 and this is another story about uh, a doctor ghost in a house and all of that. We just we did one of those, I think, last episode. I was like, oh man, here's another one. Always like a good haunted doctor office type of tale. I spent a year or so living with my brother in a very old house that a doctor used to own and work out of. We're both certain it was haunted. Unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, nothing too extreme happened, but there were a couple of notable strange things that come to mind. The house was two stories, and we were just renting out the bottom floor while the top was empty. One night, my brother and I were sitting downstairs talking when all of a sudden we hear the fire alarm upstairs going off. We had already eaten dinner long before, and there was uh, nothing that should have made it go off. We both went up to investigate and turn it off. As we got upstairs, we saw a light turning itself on and off. It did have a dimmer switch, so that may have been malfunctioning. We both got a very uneasy feeling, switched off both, and went back downstairs. Nothing else happened that night. You would always have a weird feeling in that house, though, especially when alone. There was a crow that would come and peck at the windows while just staring at you. Even when the blinds were closed, it would peck. It wouldn't startle away, and it would follow you around the house, pecking quite hard at the window you were closest to. You'd hear what sounded like thudding or banging, or maybe loud footsteps upstairs every night. Could be the heat from the day leaving floorboards and causing them to move slightly. The floor up there was carpeted. Probably floorboards underneath it, though. A girl I was seeing lived there for a little while with us, too. My brother and I would go to the gym in the afternoon and come home to her nearly in hysterics or just sitting on the driveway from how uncomfortable she was in there. My brother lived there longer than me and has said that he'd hear banging or weird noises all the time. His bedroom was the doctor's old office slash surgery or whatever it's called. He'd say he felt like he was being washed a lot when he was trying to sleep or just a sense of unease. I believe the owner said the doctor had died in the house. I'm sure there's more to it, but I just can't remember any of it right now. Uh, anyone have any ideas on what this thing could have been? And uh, if anyone does have like a similar ex experience and wants to let me know, I will relay it in the, the Reddit comments there for this story. And there you go. That will do it for this edition of Your Small Town Secrets. And uh, we're almost done with episode seven of season six as well. And there you have it. So if you have a small town secret to share, a Bigfoot sighting, a UFO story, a true crime story, or just, you know, 
odd history or some other type of weirdness in a town that you lived in and you want to share it, we can do it. There are a bunch of ways to get it on the show. The uh, easiest way to get it to me is to go to stscast.com, scroll down to the bottom of the main page, and you will find an email form to fill out, and that will come directly to my email. You can also get at me on social media. I am most active on Twitter, and that is at STScast. You can also find me uh, on Instagram. That is at STScast.gram. And, of course, Facebook, which uh, we've already covered. Hopefully, by the next episode, I'll have it all worked out and back to normal. So you can get at me on there. Uh, Give me your story, or if you just want to engage with me, that is where you can find me on the social media. And if you want uh, more of these dares, I'm going to talk about some more on the Patreon. So if you are on the Patreon, we are going to talk about a couple of dares that will allow you to uh, summon various creatures. We're going to talk about uh, the Tuttle Bottoms monster in Harrisburg, Illinois, and how to uh, bring it forth from its lair underneath a bridge. And then we're going to go over to uh, Effingham, Illinois, which is a great name, to talk about the Ramsey Cemetery werewolf and how you can see that creature, maybe, possibly. But that is the Patreon. That is what we're going to get into on the next Backroads episode that will come out next week. So I'll be back in a couple of weeks with another episode, episode 8 of season 6 of the main show here. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you for continuing to listen. I really appreciate it. Uh, I don't know if I've mentioned it in a couple of episodes. I think I have. But please go and leave a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice and help the show uh, float ever closer to uh, the top and get a couple of more ears on it. Thank you so much. Tell a friend if you can. Support the show if you can. Thank you very much once again. And I am out. So until next time, remember, every town has a secret. What is yours?